You know, there's an old expression. At times it's been credited to Robert Kennedy. At, at times I've heard a dozen other people take credit. You see things as they are and you ask why. I see things as they are not and ask why not. Well, and I'm sure I just butchered a portion of that quote, but somebody that has made a career and helped a lot of people uh, by asking why and why not is Sean Seipler. He is somebody that uh, I have an incredible amount of admiration for, not only for his ability to help a lot of other people around the world, but for his ability to see what's in front of him and ask why and why not. And he is the founder and CEO of Clean the World, but he has such a fascinating story that when I read about it a couple of weeks ago, I said, I have to tell this story on the radio, but first, let me see if we can get him on to tell it, and he's graciously agreed to join us on the radio. Sean, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate you joining me on the radio. I know it's a tough time. Yeah, Frank, uh, thank you so much for for having me. That was uh, a a wonderful uh, intro, and uh, yeah, uh, it is tough times, tough times with COVID, tough times with things that are going on across the globe, but uh, in the tough times, that's when uh, myself and Clean the World, that's when we go to work trying to help folks with some basic Hygiene needs. Well, so let's talk about how this all began. Before you started doing your thing with at Clean the World, and we're going to get into uh, some detail about exactly what it is you're doing. What exactly were hotels? And there's got to be I don't know tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of hotels around the country, maybe a million around the world. I, I you may know better than me. But what were hotels in this country and around the world doing with all the soap? that guests would use maybe once or twice, and then if they didn't take home, it was just left there. What were the hotels doing with it? Uh, throwing it away. Uh, and and sort of what's worse is some of the hotels, uh, four-star, five-star, some really nice hotels, uh, you didn't even have to use the bar of soap for them to have written into their standards to throw a bar of soap away once a guest checked out and another one checked in. So uh, trash thrown in the landfill. Wow. So, so some of these hotels, the uh, more expensive upper echelon hotels, a guest would check in. Let's say they, uh, I don't know, didn't use the soap for whatever reason. Maybe they brought their own or whatever. They didn't get a chance to shower, wherever the case may be. Some of those hotels would throw away unused bars of soap. Yeah, that's correct. And, and of course it was done in an effort to be, you know, clean and, and sure, understood. that when they get come. Uh, and some hotels even would have their room attendants take some of the unused uh, stuff. But but by and large, all that stuff was being thrown away prior to Clean the World coming on. Now, that means somebody uses a bar of soap once, right? They use it. And, of course, obviously nobody wants to use a stranger's uh, bar of soap next. But that's a bar of soap that could probably be used for, I don't know, two months, three months, maybe more. That's almost brand new. And that bar of soap would get thrown away, uh, wasting a perfectly good bar of soap and taking up space in landfills all over the world, all over the country. That's that's correct. And, uh, you know, I, I, I often will say this to folks, but. You know, Frank, think about when we were young and we went on a road trip and showed up in a gas station somewhere between, you know, point A and point B. And there's a yellow bar of soap right there in the gas station that we all used. You didn't know who used it before you. Right. you had no idea who used it after you. Right. But that was commonplace, right? I mean, there's no hesitation. 
uh, of course, as we have, you know, I, I don't know, evolved perhaps, uh, we went away from doing that. And, and, and so it and so began this, this, uh, uh, you know, massive buildup of used soaps and bottles in, in landfills. And, and certainly in a hotel, you know, it would make sense even going back many, many, many years. Sure. Uh, we're talking with Sean Seipler. He's the founder and CEO of Clean the World. We're going to tell you exactly what they do in just a second. But, Sean, I- explain to me exactly when you realized there was something out of whack here, that maybe you, that you realized maybe all of this soap shouldn't be just thrown away. Sure. So... Uh, at the end of 2008, around that time period, I was uh, 20 years into a technology sales career. I was running a global sales team at the time for a technology company, and I was on the road four nights a week. And I, what was stirring inside of me was starting my own company, doing my own business. Uh, I had previously attempted a few other uh, startups and uh, kind of always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And so at that time, from an entrepreneurial perspective, I was thinking about green technology, sustainability, uh, not so much from a, uh, a principal standpoint, but really from a business entrepreneurial, hey, I think sustainability and green technologies and those types of things will be important in the future. Uh, and so as I was sort of contemplating that, I was looking for items of waste, and just sort of thinking about what things could be recycled that had not been recycled previously. And so I, uh, I'm originally from South Florida. I'm talking to you from Orlando, Florida. I'm a thin-blooded Floridian. Uh, <laughs> and two of my biggest customers were Target and Best Buy, who are both headquartered in Minneapolis. So I spent 40 nights a year in Minneapolis and often found myself in my hotel room bundled up and drinking uh, you know, various cocktails to stay warm. Uh, and so one of those nights, I just started looking at the bar of soap and I was thinking, you know, when I travel, uh, you know, generally I'm in New York on Monday and Chicago on Tuesday, and Minneapolis on Wednesday and LA on Thursday and I'm back. And so with that type of a schedule, I, I, I had no room, you know, there's no room in my bag to bring soap and shampoo. And, and so I just thought, I wonder what happens when I'm done with it. So I called the front desk, asked them that question. They chuckled. They told me to, you know, have another cocktail. I said, great idea. Send one up, but answer this question for me. And they said, we throw it away. And so I immediately went to my laptop and I started doing a quick research. And at that time, we had 4.6 million hotel rooms in the United States. And uh, and uh, it, the math was if uh, all the hotels were throwing it away and, and based on kind of what the average occupancy rate was and and how many uh, um, you know, average night stay, my back of envelope math was we were throwing away a million bars of soap every day wow. out of hotels across the U.S. and probably two, three, four million out of hotels globally every day. So that stuck with me over the next days and weeks. I, you know, can I recycle soap? I found some really easy ways to uh, a method called rebatching where you melt it down and reform a new bar. Uh, but the real you know, aha moment came when I was you know, sort of thinking, okay, what am I going to do with recycled soap? And some quick, you know, family case studies, you know, uh, uh, user groups, uh, focus groups, you know, would you take a, would, would you buy a recycled bar of soap at, you know, at Whole Foods? Or, and they all said, no, there's no way we do that. So I'm just sort of contemplating what to do with recycled soap. And that's when I found a, a study and a second and a third and about 10 of these studies, I had them laid out in my bed one night. And every one of these studies showed that 
and this is now going into 2009. At that time, there were 9,000 children under the age of five dying every single day to pneumonia and diarrheal disease. And all these studies showed that if we just gave them soap and taught them how and when to wash their hands, we could cut those deaths in half. And so I'm sitting there with this sort of moment of obligation where I, I, I said, there's a million bars of soap being thrown away every day. And there's 9,000 children dying every day and they just need soap. And so it just was this, I'm going to figure out how to get the million bars into the hands of 9,000 children. And that was really when the idea was birthed. So uh, tell me, and we're talking with uh, Sean Seipler, founder and CEO of Clean the World. Uh, they do some great work with uh, hygiene around the world. And you can check out their website at cleantheworld.org. Tell me how this all began for you. Uh, what was the first hotel that you went to and said, let me take your soap? And then what did you do with that with that soap? So over those next sort of weeks ahead of that um, of that process, I number one, I had to figure out if I could recycle. So I would go on business trips and I would, I would literally steal uh, soap that was sitting on room attendants. And then I I had a I had a sales team. I mean, these are some you know highly paid technology executives. And we'd leave a hotel and I'd see a, a, a hotel room open where a room attendant was was going to clean it. And I would tell them to run in and get me the used bar of soap. I, <laughs> literally, I gave these directives to the guys that worked for me. Uh, they, they didn't, some of them thought it was funny. Some didn't think it was very funny, but, uh, once I kind of figured out how to recycle it, uh, in my kitchen, um, I then approached some family members with, uh, this, this idea that I wanted to create a global company that would take used soaps and bottles from hotels, recycle it and send it to children and families around the world. So I, I happen to be half German, half Puerto Rican. So I called my German family members first. They're the ones with the resources, the money. And uh, they all told me, you know, do not quit your day job. This is a crazy idea. You know, 2009, the economy's really bad. Uh, there's just a bunch of challenges going on. Not a great time for you to leave this really good job and, uh, and start something that we just don't think will happen. So I changed my pitch up, asked my Puerto Rican family members if they would be willing to get into a garage with me and, you know, cook and recycle soap to save children's lives around the world. Uh, they all said, absolutely, yes, we are in 100%. So um, so on a business trip, coming back, uh, one of my trips, I uh, I hit the Holiday Inn uh, at the right outside the Orlando airport and um, just decided to go in and talk to the GM and just see if this concept would be interesting to them. And he said, absolutely, we'll give you our use, so no problem. Bring some bins back and, and you got it. And so I kind of took over the next hour. I hit about six or seven other hotels right in the area. And every one of them said, yes, it's all wasted. We want to give it to you. So, you know, come back and take it. So we figured out how to get bins, you know, from the local you know, hardware store and, and it's kind of set up this whole program. And uh, we just started piling up a bunch of soap in my cousin's single car garage. Uh, we all sat around on upside down pickle buckets with potato peelers and uh, we would scrape the outside of bars of soap that we were collecting from these hotels uh, with the potato peelers. We had a meat grinder where we grind it into a noodle. We had these cookers where we would cook the soap into a paste and take a couple hours in there, cook the impurities out, turn it to a paste. Well, but how did you know how to do that? I, I mean, if you gave me a bunch of leftover soap, I, I really wouldn't know what to do. But you knew enough to melt it, melt it down and then how to filter out the impurities. Where, where, did, you, where, where, did, where did you get to take soap making 101? 
Yeah, uh, Google. <laughs> really? Uh, that, that, yeah, that, that was the stuff that I was doing sort of the weeks prior where I was taking soap from hotels and I was bringing it back to my kitchen. I was using a food processor, uh, cooking sheets and pans. And then I was, uh, it, it, it's pretty interesting in Orlando, we have a soap museum. And one of the things we have is my original notebook of all the batches of soap that I made in early 2009 in my kitchen. And so I would, you know, document how much water I was adding, how, what temperature it was at in the oven, how long it was in the oven. And then I had a bunch of characteristics of what that soap uh, looked like, smelled like, did it work? I'd take it to the shower when I was done with it. So I had several weeks of baking and trying to do this stuff in my kitchen uh, when I kind of came up with a pretty decent formula, or, you know, what I thought I could, I could uh, uh, kind of take it to a bigger level. Then it became meat grinders and cookers and you know, a little more advanced equipment than the food processor and the baking sheet that I was using in my kitchen. <laughs> That's tremendous. So you um, melting this stuff down, you remove the impurities through this uh, Google enhanced knowledge of how to repurpose and recycle soap. And then how did you get it to folks that needed this soap? Yeah, so uh, so we started in this you know, in central Florida, in Orlando, downtown Orlando, the single car garage and uh, cooking it there, making about 500 bars of soap a day. And we just started handing it at first to local homeless shelters in the central Florida area. And then through that process, we um, uh, I befriended a gentleman uh, by the name of Pastor Julio Brutus, uh, who is a, um, uh, a, a Haitian uh, evangelical uh, preacher. And he supported a number of churches in the northern part of Haiti, in the Haitian area of Haiti. And he said, you know, they need soap more than you can imagine. And so uh, around July of 09, while we're still making soap in the garage, uh, we decided to, we, we loaded up a, a DC-3 with um, about 2,000 bars of soap. We flew over the Bermuda Triangle to the uh, northern part of Haiti. And we had to circle the runway once because there was literally a cow on the, on the, uh, on the runway. And um, we landed, and from the time we landed to, um, to the time we arrived, it's about 40 minutes, and we arrive at this church. It's a Wednesday afternoon. It's 1.30. It's as hot as you can imagine. And uh, we come in the back of this church, and there's 10,000 people in this church, and we've got 2,000 bars of soap. Wow. And so we then start to talk to, uh, through interpreters, we start to talk to mothers, and just one by one, mothers are coming up and they're holding a child and they say they buried another one or they buried two mm. children and all because they just don't have access to soap and, and clean water and necessary hygiene. I mean, they, it's $2 a day, it's abject poverty uh, when they have to make a decision of buying rice or protein versus uh, a bar of soap. And, and, and the thing is, a bar of soap costs the same 50 cents in Haiti as it does, you know, 50 cents here in, in the United States. So that's not really reasonable when you're living, earning $2 a day. Sure. You know, you got right. 70% and money. when you have to choose between food or soap. That's right. right. So, so we, when we did that trip, uh, the uh, local Fox network went down with us, documented that. And, um, and then I'll tell you, it, you know, really interesting story is it, uh, uh, they ran that story piece in local uh, Orlando and then actually ran on the local Fox in New York. And at that time, Katie Couric was doing CBS Evening News hmm. and uh, her um, her senior producer just saw that show. And that was when the H1N1 flu virus started taking off. That was at the end of 09, second half of 09. 
So next thing you know, in September, we've got CBS Evening News saying they want to do peace on us. Uh, they come down. They also go to Haiti with us. We start delivering uh, with them. That becomes a national, even international news piece. Um, and then, unfortunately, about three, four months after that is when the devastating uh, Haiti earthquake, uh, January 12, 2010, hits. And uh, next thing you know, I'm, I happen to be down in Haiti delivering out soap in a tent city. CBS Evening News is down there. Dr. LaPook uh, uh, calls me, says he wants to you know, do a story and calls me the Pied Piper of soap, documents us handing out soap in this uh, in this massive tent city. And, and that's really when everything took off. Unfortunately, through that tragedy, that was when is when Clean the World took off uh, because folks knew if they wanted to help Haiti, they could go through Clean the World, and and that kind of kind of takes us in through you know to, to what we've done the last thirteen years. No, that's incredible, and uh, we're talking with uh, Sean Seipler. He's with Clean the World. They help uh, get people access to soap that uh, wouldn't otherwise have access to it. So, tell me what you're doing today in terms of acquiring soap that would be discarded from hotels and thereby saving all that uh, landfill space and uh, getting that soap to folks that need it. What's the volume of soap that you're sort of repurposing here? So today we have 8,000 hotels that operate our program. We have recycling centers in Orlando, Las Vegas, Montreal, Utacana, uh, Amsterdam and Hong Kong. Uh, we operate across North America, uh, the entire EU, UK, and then we're in Hong Kong, Singapore, Macau, Taiwan, Japan. Uh, in these 13 years, we have uh, diverted 22 million pounds of waste from going into landfills across the globe. And we have distributed 70 million free bars of soap to children, mothers, families in uh, across the United States. Uh, and in 127 countries globally. Um, we respond to a ton of uh, humanitarian natural disaster scenarios for every typhoon, hurricane, uh, tornadoes, uh, wildfires. Um, we're, we're there, uh, Syrian refugees, Somalian refugees, southern border of the United States, uh, working on a major project right now to get uh, several hundred thousand hygiene kits into the Ukraine. Uh, so, um, so that's, that's what we do. And, and, and Frank, this is the best stat of, you know, everything, everything I say tonight, listen to this from 2009 to, to pre COVID uh, to 2020, the death rate, the mortality rate for children under the age of five dying of hygiene related illnesses came down by 65%. Wow. That's uh, incredible. And as a result the United Nations added us to the United Nations Global Wash Cluster. And so we helped drive global strategies along those lines. And now those numbers, I think, are going to go in the wrong direction post-COVID. But we've literally saved millions of children's that's, lives. That's so, incredible. Yeah. That's got to make you feel good and uh, makes you wonder what would have become of these millions of children had you not been in that uh, Minnesota hotel at that time. Now, uh, just a quick logistical question. You know, you go to one hotel and maybe they have pink soap that smells like uh, lavender. Maybe you go to another show, uh, hotel, they have uh, uh, purple soap that smells like uh, citrus. How do you mix and match all these different soaps? If you have different hotels that use different types of soap, how do you sort of repurpose that to a soap that can be used to make a, a new bar for a Haitian kit? Yeah, so we we blend all that soap together. And uh, and you're right. We get uh, all, all types of soaps, all types of uh, fragrances and ingredients that are in them. 
Uh, but uh, when we take it through our first step of our now, you know, we've got machines that, that do this, but our first step is a, is a plotter that pushes all the soap through a very, very fine filter. It's a big metal screw that's just pushing the soap through very, very fine filters. It's catching all the hair, paper, you know, uh, things that you would have on the surface. And that's blending this stuff together. It's, it's just blending the whole thing. And then when we get to the mixing uh, uh, station and we add a little sterilization solution into it, a uh, little 400 part per million uh, bleach added to water. Water's the big deal. Um, depending on where we get the soap, depending on how long it's been out, depending on what climate uh, it came from and what climate we're manufacturing in, because Las Vegas climate is much different than the Orlando climate in terms of humidity. Uh, that's when we have to add water. And so we have a very special worker uh, uh, team member for us who is the soap whisperer. And the soap whisperer goes to that batch and starts to really feel what type of moisture level there is based on those other elements and those you know, batches that we're mixing together. And based on that, we'll add the, the appropriate amount of water, we'll add the appropriate amount of heat or chill, depending on what's necessary to get it through the, the next phase of the process. Um, and so when it comes out, the, out of the line, it looks like a marble. I mean, if you've got some, some heavier pink soap, you'll get pink streaks in it or, or purple or, or green, but it's just a really cool marble looking bar. It smells incredible. We put our logo on it. Uh, we don't package it. We don't want a, do not want an environmental issue, you know, paper and plastic when it lands in, in, in another country. Uh, but uh, but it gets boxed right up and smells great, looks great, and it's uh, it's handed out with dignity, with love for somebody who is receiving this bar. So well, that, that's wonderful. So what is the primary priority for clean the world these days? Is it to find more hotels to participate in giving you their soap? Is it to uh, get more money in the form of donations to aid in soap distribution to uh, these third world communities, or is it something else? What are you, what are you most working on now? Uh, so it's really all of the above. We, we, um, we had about 9,000 hotels pre COVID so we're down to 8,000. We are seeing them starting to come back mm. uh, in a big way. So we need more hotels on board. Now, now, hotels pay a very small program fee to participate with us. They pay between 50 cents to 80 cents per room per month. So a 100-room hotel will pay 50 bucks to 80 bucks a month, and that will include all their shipping and their implementation and their impact statements, their uh, sustainability reporting. We give them some really cool sustainability metrics in UN. Right, and they're probably saving a lot on uh, sanitation costs uh, because a lot of them are, I would think, using private sector sanitation folks, and they're creating a whole bunch less waste now. That's right, and they're and they're saving energy and water and carbon, and and, uh, and then we let them know what they're doing in terms of hand washes they're handing out and you know people that they're touching. Uh, so we always want more hotels. Uh, we have another program where corporations and their employees and also individuals at home can uh, build hygiene kits to donate to a local food pantry relief organization. Those are called the Soap Safe Lives boxes. Uh, so we're really seeing, uh, you know, when COVID hit, we had this, this hygiene kit business was, uh, uh, for us, was always at meetings and events and conventions. Well, those all shut down. Mm. So we pivoted and we made this at-home box. It's so all of a sudden businesses were buying these at-home boxes for their employees when everybody had stay-at-home orders and the kids were home. And we were just sending out, you know, thousands of these boxes and folks are building hygiene kits and then donating to them to a local homeless shelter or women's shelter. So really cool seeing people come together 
uh, you know, in order to help help their neighbor. That's great. Um, so want to do more of that. And then we do a shower program as well that uh, we're expanding across the U.S. Wonderful. Well. well, I love what you're doing. And uh, really, it's inspirational that uh, people shouldn't just accept what they see in front of them at face value. And if you're wondering uh, wh- what is the logical consequence to things that you see in your ordinary day life, sometimes it pays to, uh, to ask. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for the time this morning. I'll look forward to our next conversation. Best of luck with your efforts. Thanks, Frank. Truly appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It's uh, Clean the World. Sean Seipler is the founder and the CEO. If you want to help out or learn more about their story and what they're doing around the world, you can go to the website cleantheworld.org. That's cleantheworld.org. We'll take your calls next. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can give us a call and uh, tell tell me what you're doing with your old soap, 833 That's 833-969-4447. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.